All right, what's good, golf lovers? Uh, this week's episode of the Golf Guide podcast is proudly presented to you by Pacific Coast Golf Guide magazine. Now, it's usually you know shorthand is just Golf Guide magazine, but uh, we it does cover every single golf course on the Pacific Coast. So the full name does does feel justified. But uh, if you are one of those people that is unfamiliar with Golf Guide magazine, it is a digest sized golf course directory that gives you information on every single golf course on the West Coast, Washington, Oregon, California, even Hawaii and Nevada. Information on it all. And you might be thinking to yourself, what the hell do I need a magazine for? I got the fucking internet. It's 2019. I can't totally disagree with you there. However, there's something about the printed page that it just feels better. And honestly, it, it seems crazy. And maybe I'm coming from a place where I might be a little biased, but it is just really handy and really convenient to just have a resource like that sitting in, you know, the uh, glove compartment of your car or just kind of sitting on your desk at work. Anytime you have any thought about a golf course in this part of the world, bam, you've got a great little digest-sized book of awesome that you can just pick right up and look up anything you want to. In addition to having all those golf course, you know, all those golf courses in there in the directory, we also do um, we we have several editorials in there. Last year, our friend Brett Hockstein. Uh, did an awesome write-up on Jack Fleming, who is uh, Alistair McKenzie's protege, and all the work that he has done throughout the West Coast or did throughout the West Coast during his career. Um, really cool stuff. So articles about golf on the West Coast and information on every golf course on the West Coast. That is what you can find in Golf Guide magazine. And for the first time ever, you can actually get a free subscription. We will mail Golf Guide magazine directly to your house or business. All you have to do is go into the show notes of this podcast there's going to be a Golf Guide Magazine subscription link. Click on it. Fill out a couple of questions about your golf, you know, your golf life, your golf habits. Give us a mailing address, and bam, without a single cent coming out of your pocket, we will get the new issue of Golf Guide Magazine to you when it comes out early next year. So check the show notes. Click on the link. If that's too complicated, you can always go to our Facebook page or anywhere else that Golf Guide is. You can find a link for it there. Um, but yeah, go ahead. If, if you don't see a golf guide, if you haven't picked one up in a, in a year or two, cause you live somewhere far away or, you know, the facility runs out of them too quick and you don't get a chance to grab one while you're there, just go sign up, man. We got you covered. We will send one right to you without a penny out of your pocket. Golf guide magazine and golfguide.net. That's the place, man. It's, it's where you can find the golf you need and find information on every golf course on the West coast. Woo. Hot damn. That was a long read. All right. Boats here. Let's do it, everybody. Another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast coming at you. Ah, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Golf Guide Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Serlo, and I am joined by not just my good friend, but the <laughs> founder, executor, and COO of HandshakesAndBirdies.com, Mr. Jess Stemak, who Jess, we got a slow golf week, and yet as as we're going through our notes before this thing starts, we got we got a lot of stuff to chew on here, my friend. We always got some. We always got some, Dad. Um, yeah, slow week, my ass, Kyle. Oh <laughs> uh, well, because there is a lack of slowness. Let's just jump right into the news, my friend. So I got a couple news items for you today. Uh, we're going to go through a couple of stories that uh, piqued our interest over the last week or so. We're going to touch on your boy, Kurt Kitayama, uh, going mm -hmm. into the old Race for Dubai finale. And then, of course, you know, everybody's new favorite segment that we are debuting this week, 
Tales from the Clubhouse is what's going to bring us home here. So, um, do it. yeah. So let's let's jump into the news. Um, this one, obviously, not great. Uh, this, you know, if, if you've been following everything that's going on over in the Far East, uh, it appears that the European Tour's first event of the 2019-2020 tour season is in jeopardy. It's looking like, uh, from various reports, some people are saying that it may be canceled. Golf Digest is reporting that it is. Uh, officially going to be canceled um, we're recording this on wednesday november 20th but it appears the hong kong open um is not going to be played next week amid um all the protests and everything going on in hong kong boat um you know last year the, the, you know there was you know talk about the the open championship possibly not going through with everybody getting scared for brexit but obviously uh that worked out just fine this i think is a little more serious uh and scary for all parties involved um i I don't really know what we can add, you know, other than just returning the news. But this is, I guess, it's just kind of a bummer for everybody. That's a part of the world that doesn't get a lot of professional golf. It's a lose lose, man. Yeah, it's a lose lose. That the tournament was going to bring in so much money to that local economy, um, and really probably open some eyes. And, and you know, it, it's a lose lose. It's a total. Ugh. It's a bummer, man. I could agree more, man. It's uh, it's really shitty. Um, I, I feel really bad for most everybody there, except for the communist regime of China, who's uh, without getting too much to politics, you know, I'm not not a huge fan of uh, of you know communism and, 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 and dictator led communism. But hey, that's just yeah, me. Hey, you know, yeah. that's just 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 me. But all right, on that uh, super cheery note, let's go to the next time of the news, my friend. <laughs> uh, uh, in a, I don't know, if, for me, I I don't follow college golf a ton. Yeah, but I the, pe- the the people like yourself and other people that I uh, that I respect who do follow a lot of college golf. Um, a kind of a bummer of a trend continues with the number one amateur uh, golfer in female collegiate golf has opted to leave um, leave Stanford University midseason to pursue life on the Symmetra Tour. Uh, her name is Andrea Lee. Um, we got to knock the trend. What's that? We got to knock the trend. How? Like, that's what. Okay, so we, yeah, I mean, let's just jump right. It's like, not like she's going straight to the LPGA Tour and she's got guaranteed. Dude, if she wins. D- the Symmetra Tour can wait, and you know what I mean. It's and there's like no money to be made on the Symmetra Tour. That's the crazy part. Very little money to be made. You're, <laughs> oh, if I'm on that team and we have a chance to contend for first a conference championship and then a national championship, and one of our best players leaves in the middle of the season, it's a backbreaker. And it's like, it's like, you play golf at Stanford. The tournaments you guys plan, it's not like work. You know what I mean. Mm-mm. It's not like you're grinding. We've talked about this before. It's a bunch of paid vacations, and you go play sweet golf courses. It's like, oh, while getting I a degree, it's like, had, like I said, if she had guaranteed spots and in LPGA events, not symmetrical events, then she at least has an argument. But the symmetra thing, ah, oh. it it doesn't make sense, man. And and again, as I mentioned at the when I was first bringing this up. This is starting to become kind of a disturbing trend. I mean, she's what the fifth or sixth, uh, like top-ranked female amateur that has done this in the last month or two. I think, you know, to me, what I'm wondering is, you know, we were all—at least me—I I shouldn't speak for both of us—but I was pretty excited when I saw the ruling that, you know, collegiate athletes would be allowed to, like, keep their amateur status, right, if they wanted to go mm-hmm. play and do some different stuff and. One of the things that it was going to do is it was going to allow collegiate athletes to go participate in Q school, you yep. know, without losing their you know collegiate status, your uh, yep. amateur status, excuse me. And I'm wondering, is this actually turning out to be a less than ideal thing? Because 
so many of these collegiate athletes are getting a little bit of a taste of the professional game, and they're seeing tons of dollar signs, and they're getting all kinds of peer pressure of people telling them they can go do it when maybe it's not that realistic. I, I, I really don't know what to make of all this, and so I, I kind of have to lean on you, man. I mean, do, do, what, what yeah, do you it's, think? I mean, it's obviously she is at ease with leaving her teammates in the whole college scene to start grinding. Uh, you know, it's a grind for a $15,000 first place prize. Maybe she didn't enjoy college that much. Um, but come, I mean, I wasn't in a position to think about leaving in the middle of the year. Uh, but it's so much fun, dude. I mean, it's maybe she didn't get along with her teammates. Um, maybe she was there just to literally get her name out there and get a little experience traveling and playing. Maybe she never wanted to play, you know, college golf four years in the first place. Yeah. Um, I could see someone using that as a, as a, a vehicle to get where they want to be. Uh, you know, they're looking a couple of years out, uh, past college before they get there. Um, yeah, it's always, it, we'll never know. There's, you know, that's, it's her decision. There's a lot of things that are factoring her decision, but just the optics to me, it's like, Oh my God, it's not like you're, it's not like you're in a bad spot. You're playing women's golf at Stanford, like one of the yeah. best programs every year in and out. Um, yeah, it, I mean, from from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like a great decision, right? But we don't know. There, no. there could be some other stuff. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's the coach is like, well, <laughs> uh, oh. And it's the second athlete she's lost this year. I mean, Alban like, Valenzuela. She did, did this what a couple of weeks ago or a couple days. What is her uh, uh, the coach's name? Uh, she's Canadian. Ann Walker, maybe. Um, but I just got a feel for her. You yeah. know, it, it's. I mean, and the the rest of the teammates are like, well, our thoroughbreds uh, apparently are just going to kick rocks uh, middle of the season. Why did they even play in the fall? If you're going to only play three or four tournaments in the fall, why would you play in the fall? Why would you do that to your teammates? Why would you do that to your coach who has to shape a roster? That's two roster spots that she could have filled if those girls wouldn't have played those three or four tournaments in the fall mm-hmm. and developed those players and given the other players a chance to travel. Because there's going to be two new kids that step in that might not have a lot of experience, and there's a learning curve there. Yeah. So, um, Division One collegiate golf is a big fucking deal. Yeah, it's, that kind of puts them in behind the eight ball. I feel bad for that coach. I feel bad for her teammates. Yeah, but also what's, what's crazy to me is that there's a variety of things on top of this is that, you know, she's at Stanford, man. Like, yeah. she's, she's getting a degree that it, for most people is completely you usually invaluable. Don't, you, don't, you don't leave a Stanford, uh, most likely a, might not be a full scholarship, probably pretty good scholarship. Without guaranteed big bucks. You get that Stanford degree, that is probably more important than playing a couple of Symmetra yeah. tournaments leading up to yeah. Q school. So. And, and, and on top of that, she's like, what, the number one, I mean, af- after a few of the other defectors have, have gone to the Symmetra Tour and the LPGA Tour for Q school, this is the number one female amateur golfer in the U.S. Dude, she's passing up on, like you said, all those events she's going to play in as part of the golf team. She's al- She was almost a Glock to get an invite to the Augusta National Women's Amateur, you know, oh, a week yeah. before the Masters. Yeah. Which I mean, again, it would be an experience of a lifetime. She's walking away from a lot of exposure. Oh my gosh! It just there's, seems... there's no there's no exposure at Symmetra Tour events. Yeah, no, and on top of that, but I mean, obviously, you played collegiate golf. Now I, I know Chico State and Stanford are, in, in many of our yeah. eyes, are pretty much on the same level. But some people wouldn't consider that <laughs> to be the case. I, I mean, sure. that Stanford Golf Complex 
That's yeah. like the cushiest, most awesome country club that you don't have to pay for. I mean, that practice facility alone is insane. Let alone the fact that you have a George Thomas golf course that you can go play anytime you want, just a half mile down the. Like, it's such a unbelievably awesome setup to be a golfer at Stanford. I just can't. The, the simpleton and the the common man of me just can't fathom any kind of a scenario where you would pass up on that for something that is not guaranteed to put you and your family in a better financial position. All right, rant over. Rant over. Rant over. All right. Whew, on that note, uh, again, we're, we're starting this uh, podcast off, boat on some very Slow cheery, cheery notes, but I got one that is really exciting for you here, all right? And that is, you know, one of our favorite uh, punching bags uh, of the last 12 months, Mr. Cooch the Mooch himself. Mm-hmm. Well, according to Golf.com's Jessica Marksberry, um, Matt Coocher, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt Coocher, uh, who leading up to the Mayakoba ranked 247th out of 248 on tour in driving distance for an average of 276 yards, found an additional 1.5 miles per hour in ball speed with a new prototype Bridgestone Tour BX ball. Um, I don't... At, at first, I was like, yeah, who gives a shit? And then I kept on seeing more and more news outlets reporting on this. And, Bo, is it great? Like, is it really huge news that just the simple switch out of a ball could add 10 yards to someone's game? Or... And on top of that, do you think the 10-yard thing that everybody keeps citing is being a little overblown? So I'm guessing Tiger spent a little bit of time with the Bridgestone ball guys. Yes. And maybe leaned, them on, leaned on them a little bit. Uh, like, hey, guys, just got done playing with Jason Day and Rory McIlroy in the uh, you know exhibition. I'm going to need you guys to put in some overtime. <laughs> I'm not asking for 20, but 10 would be lovely. If you get me 10 and, and a half, you better. And, and Cooch was like, yeah, yeah, Tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah, Tiger. Bribe those guys. Bribe those guys. I'll give you I'll give you a couple bucks. I'll, I'll give you a 10 spot. 10, 10 seems like a lot for Cooch. I mean, maybe, maybe a five. It could have been a five. Maybe a five. Uh, but I hope that Tiger was like, hey, I'll fly you down to my restaurant, Jupiter, uh, just, you know, and then literally sat him down and was like, okay, so I'm going to have a couple of guys watching you at all times to make sure that there's like no texting at work to literally your lunches are 30 minutes and you're back to work, just dropping the hammer on these guys just until he gets another 10 yards. The back of my mind, I like to think that that happened. I, I, you think it's a, it's one of those things where have you seen that technology where I think it's called Ring? Again, this is not a sponsor, but you know when you ring a doorbell, all of a sudden like the yes, security the camera, video, the, the yeah. motion. Se- I'd yep. like to think that Tiger had one of those in the R and D room at Bridgestone, where anytime there was any movement, it had an alert on his phone where he got to watch and make sure they were putting in the work in. I'm pretty sure he had some cameras installed. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I just that this thing is for Mooch or Cooch or. Whatever his name is now, ten I, yards is a lot for ten Cooch. yards is a lot, man. That that is a, I mean, two seventy five to two eighty five. Nine iron and a nine iron, dude. That's massive. That is absolutely massive. And I guess my question is, is this something that Tiger's already been playing with? And if any other player on tour were to maybe switch over to this ball, would they know? I mean, is it possible that there's one ball out there that is just substantially superior to the rest? Like with all the rules that have been set in well, place for equipment, got... that seems impossible. You got all those guys playing the tailor-made ball that used to play the titles ball. Mm-hmm. 
um, when Ricky went to t- uh, Taylor made ball from the titles ball, titles was devastated. Yeah. Um, but for Dustin Johnson and Rory, for those guys to be playing the Taylor made ball, they're not leaving yards on the table. So, I think the ball, the balls have caught up to the Pro V One, Kyle. It was a good run. Titleist is still coming out. You know, they're mixing up the Pro V, Pro V One X. They're doing everything they can. Sure, but it was only a matter of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, the guy that literally engineered and built the the, the Pro V One for Titleist is Mr. Snell, and he has his own golf ball company now, which is yeah, called Snell, and which it compares almost better. I mean, if you, I, I have not had a chance to hit that many balls side by side where I go back and forth between a Snell and a. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of rely on third party. Even I mean, I like uh, uh, my Golf Spy. I think is a really good resource that they do a lot of product testing, and I, you know, they seem to think that the Snell and the the TaylorMade and the Bridge are all they're all great, man. I, nice. I, yeah, it's just uh, it's very interesting. It'll be it'll be. It would be to fun see. to do a taste test. It really would. You it really, really I mean? would. You know, as two guys that work in the industry, I feel like you and me might be able to pull that one off at some point. Yeah, it'd be fun. Okay, let's let me make a little make a little note here. Yeah, product testing for future podcast. Putting that right below the podcast topic of worst bar meetup locations at Bannon Dunes. Okay. Suggestions. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Inside joke for everybody there. So, sorry. It's like, a, like a reverse <laughs> suggestion box. Oh, we're just busting your balls, BQ. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right, let's see here. So with that uh, Bridgestone news, you mentioned Ricky Fowler, so let's just jump right into it, man. Uh, you called it last week. Brooks Kepka is, in fact, going to be sitting out um, for the President's Cup. Uh, what, what's the injury that Brooks is uh, is dealing with that's not going to allow him to play? He's got a, he's got a knee. A knee. He kind of tweaked and... and uh, Asia and uh, yeah, I mean as we've seen, the rubber tugs out there get really vicious, man. I I, I get it, you know, <laughs> it's tough. Don't don't come back early from a knee. <laughs> uh, it's not good. Interesting. So, as you mentioned in last week's podcast, you were you were pretty convinced that if Brooks was going to sit, that it almost had to be Ricky. And uh, sure yeah. enough, uh, Tiger has tapped Ricky Fowler to step in. So Ricky, after all will be participating in the 2019 President's Cup at Royal Melbourne. Um, do you like the pick? Yeah, you got to do it. I mean, when Tiger came out and said that Ricky was the last one less, uh, left off, yeah, okay, for sure. Um, you know, Kiz, obviously, people forget he won the match play last year. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that guy as a, who wouldn't want that guy as a partner in any format? Yeah. Well, I mean, from, you know what I mean? from, from like a non – I mean, if you're the captain and you don't give a shit about PR or perception or anything like that – if you're just your your goal as the captain is just to win the Presidents Cup, you are Tiger Woods. Are you picking Ricky or are you picking Kiz? Yeah, um, I probably would have went. I probably would have went with Kiz. I think so um, too. I probably would have went with Kiz. Ricky hasn't been playing. He hasn't been playing well. The honeymoon everyone knows about, well documented. Um, the bacterial thing, pulling out of Mayakoba. I probably would have went with Kiz. Yeah, yeah, I think I would have too. Just, uh, just really, really fascinating. So overall, do you think obviously not having Brooks Kepka, I, I think is you can't say it's anything but a negative for yeah. the U.S. team. Um, do you think it substantially alters the U.S.'s chances in uh, being competitive and winning this thing? No, not really. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, it's I, I, I'm getting super excited, but. Uh, it should be competitive, but I think I think the United States uh, that roster is pretty good. You got a bunch of really good team guys in there, so I'm excited. 
Yeah, man, it should be really good. I mean, they, again, it, there's only so much we can do to talk up a non Ryder Cup team event in yeah. on the other side of the world in you know November December. But uh, again, I, I am still maintaining the fact that I am pretty juiced to watch oh, this yeah. golf tournament, man. It's going to be really really good. And honestly, I fucking love Ricky, so I'm 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 I'm, yeah. I'm stoked I'm stoked to see him out there. It's going to yeah, be no good. one's no one's mad that Ricky was the pick. No, no, except not at all. Kiz. That's yeah, it. Except. And honestly, is Kiz even that upset? I feel like he's just going to go, you know, drink a couple of Natty Lights, and he's he's going to be all right. Sure, he's over it. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I got my name on my bag. I, I, I got, no, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, if he hasn't been, uh, what's it's on the tip of my tongue. What's the name of his club? Uh, is he the one that plays out of Aiken? Yeah, the, the uh, what is the name of that club? Aiken Golf Club, or no, it's not Aiken Golf Club. It's uh, it's in Aiken. But uh, okay, I... maybe it's not that important. But uh, w- w- definitely not that important. <laughs> but uh, he's uh, yeah, he's already he's already had a couple couple of beers with the boys at the club. Yeah, yeah, I, I would certainly hope so. Uh, that that would be the best way to deal with it. Well, speaking of boys at the club, there there's not really that many clubs out there, boat um, that enjoys you know membership comprised of PGA Tour players. Quite like the Sea Island Resort uh, down in the state of Georgia, which, um, you know, coincidentally is the host of this weekend's RSM Classic. And uh, as we're getting ready to uh, start recording, man, you told me you had a nice, uh, an interesting little nugget uh, concerning oh, yeah. that. So please, did, did me, the listeners, shower us with what you got, man. Uh, that We are talking about Paul Meadow Golf Club. Paul Meadow, um, excellent. Paul Meadow. And, uh, good, good find. Yeah, so... Long list of the guys that went to Georgia, South South Carolina, Georgia Tech, or Clemson. Uh, and honestly, I'm looking at all these guys, and I'm like, I could picture one of these guys winning this week very easily. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'll start just – they were random. They're not in order. Uh, Kyle Stanley, Clemson. Brian Harmon, Georgia. Chris Kirk, Georgia. Cheston Hadley, Georgia Tech. Kuchar, Georgia Tech. Tommy Ganey, South Carolina. Harris English, Georgia. Russell Henley, Georgia. Ben Martin, Clemson. DJ Trahan, Clemson, Brendan Todd, Georgia, Keith Mitchell, Georgia, Kisner, obviously Georgia, Scott Brown, South Carolina, Aiken, uh, my nemesis. <laughs> they won the national championship three years in a row on us. Um, Roberto Castro, Georgia Tech, Stuart Sink, Georgia Tech, Hudson Swafford, Georgia, Doc Redman, Clemson, Cameron Tringali, California guy from Laguna Niguel, Georgia Tech, and Jonathan Bird, Clemson. Jesus. That's one, two, three. I mean, it's almost like 25 guys that just went to those four schools. And all those, a lot of those guys are either members there or play there a lot. Jesus. Like, like you said, that is that is the hub. Whoa. Now, maybe it's just because we're, you know, we're, we're several thousand miles away, but I mean, I've heard the, sea, the, the name Sea Island plenty of times. I've heard that it's a, it's a favorite of PJ True, but is it really that nice? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, haven't been, but the place looks amazing. Huh. I I did just see. So as we mentioned, you know, the uh, new CBS analyst, Mr. Davis Love the Third, actually his architecture firm just finished redoing the plantation course. Yep. Um, there, which is going to be, I, th- I think they're going to be playing both courses for the first two rounds, and then they just, are, yeah. Um, and some of the flyovers and the work and, and the photographs and the things I read about this new plantation course, it looks pretty awesome, man. I mean the. Uh, the the golf architecture nerd inside of me is pretty juiced to watch these guys, uh, or just but really, <laughs> I, 
this sounds kind of like a dig. I'm actually more excited just to see the golf course than I am to see the guys playing. I mean, it looks. Yeah. He's really taken it back uh, and tried to infuse it with a lot of old world CB McDonald, Seth Rayner, Walter Travis charm. Uh, the bunkering is the styling of it anyway is very reminiscent of what you'd find back in like the golden age of architecture on the East Coast, and it just it looks really fun, man. I, I'm I'm gonna be very interested to check it out um, this weekend, especially given the fact that 22 percent of the field is comprised of locals. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be, um, I'll be tuning in for sure. Yeah, that's wild, man. All right, with that RSM Classic stuff out of the way, let's get down to brass tacks here, boat. The real tournament this weekend is not taking place at Sea Island. It is at the Jumariah Jumariah, whatever. It's at yep. the it's at the Golfing Estates, uh, located in Dubai. Uh, it is the conclusion of the race to Dubai, the European Tours equivalent of the FedEx Cup or whatever their season, whatever you like to call the season-long, quote, in quotes, race uh, to the championship match. And while he does not have a chance to actually win the season-long, um, you know, the season-long race to Dubai, this gentleman has a chance to claim a $2.5 million first-place prize just for this golf tournament and also has a great opportunity to win the Old World's Rookie of the Year, which would make him the first American since 2014 to do so. Uh, the last guy, the last American to win the Rookie of the Year on the European Tour, uh, a gentleman by the name of Brooks Kepka in yep. 2014. I am of course, I'm talking about Chico's own, Mr. Kirk Kitayama. You bet. Uh, Woo. Yeah, he's like 11 right now yeah. in, uh, in Chase. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, the guy's been playing unbelievable. It's uh, I'll be tuning into that one. Uh, let's see. That's probably coming on here shortly, Kyle. Yeah, no, yeah. I think yeah. that's, probably, it com- is that's probably coming on around midnight. I, I think so. It should be starting within the next couple of hours. Again, we're recording this in a Wednesday. A little night. tired of work tomorrow. Might be a little tired. A little, a little tired. So, uh, what do you know about this gentleman that uh, that he's basically going head to head with? There's really only two guys. That have a chance to win the rookie of the year. It's either going to be Kirk Kitayama and Robert McIntyre. Uh, with a with that name, is he Scottish? English? Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know anything about him. I, um, I I did my due diligence and looked up absolutely nothing about yeah. Robert McIntyre before recording <laughs> this podcast, hoping that you would be able to uh, save me. But it appears that uh, no, lazy <laughs> as well, lazy lazy on both ends. This is exactly the kind of outstanding prep you get on the golf guide podcast ladies and gentlemen we just just like my boy my, right from the hip one of my uh one of my podcasting uh idols mr michael Rappaport. uh yeah. you know he, he says it he, all the time on his podcast there is no fact checking here ladies and gentlemen we do not check facts uh while, while that's not completely true for this podcast we certainly don't do as much research as probably we should given the fact yeah. that Hundreds and sometimes thousands of you rely on us for entertainment and golf talk, but alas, that's that's just how it's going to have to be. Um, yeah, man, it's it's going to be wild. What do you know about this Jimmer Jimmer for debt for whatever it's called golf course over in Dubai? I think it's the uh, the one where there's like a uh, creek that runs right down the middle. <laughs> oh, it is of the 18th. Hmm. Um, I just always remember the the finishing hole. It's fantastic. Obviously, course conditions are. They look perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he does look really. Oh, that's yeah. You looking at the field at RSM? It's like okay, that's why none of the Europeans are in that field. <laughs> They're over there for that big money. Two and a half million dollars, first place, yeah. man. 
And that and again, that's not like the for the season. It's just whoever in the field wins the tournament this weekend yep. gets two and a half million. And I don't even think it's dollars. It's euros, is it not? I don't know. Two and a half million euros. Do not know. That is a big, big, big fucking payday, man. Woo! Mm-hmm. That is wild. I, I, I would imagine if Kurt, if Kurt finishes top five, you know, in this tournament, cashes another big check. Is there any chance he's on the European tour next year, or is he almost guaranteed to come over and start playing playing stateside? You know, I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know the exact protocol. Um, I don't know. I'm sure if let's hope it happens and we and we learn more about it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't exactly know how that works for you know really top notch European players. I mean, is it? Again, this is where the lack of fact checking is really. Like it- Maybe partial or, or uh, something temporary status, something like that. You yeah, know what I mean, I would assume like if you're within like a certain top X, you know, number in the world rankings, you kind of have an automatic exemption. Yeah, to, I mean, I, I don't know that to be for a, fact, a certain amount, but of that would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look at us, just, just... hey, <laughs> sounds good to me. Let's roll with it. <laughs> Let's roll with it. Oh, <laughs> oh amazing. All right, well, boat. This is where I actually got to get a little. Uh, when I when I preface that I'm going to get a little nerdy with you. It usually yeah. means I'm about to go start talking about a bunch of bunch of golf course, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, intricacies of architecture and all that other kind of crap. But no, no, my friend, I actually have a pretty fascinating read that I wanted to share with you, man. Um, so this is an article that was published on Golf.com yesterday, November nineteenth. The author is a na- is a gentleman by the name of Luke Kerr Denon, but uh, really, the author of this article is a economy professor at Columbia University by the name of Mark Brody. Um, who is really passionate about golf and use some advanced analytics to basically create a chart. All right, and vote if if I lose you, just let me know. He's basically created a chart. No, you've you've got me hooked. My grandpa got his master's in math from Columbia. Let's get it. All right, okay. So let's do this. So he basically has created. Cheers, by the way. Uh, yeah. He he's created a chart basically of you know it's there's an X and a Y right, and X is basically the player type, the skill level where it's like pro, scratch yep. golfer. Or then to somebody who's maybe shooting around 80, 85, 90, up to 100, right? And mm-hmm. then it has distances, 140, 160, 180, 200, 220, 240. So that's, that, that's the y-axis, and the other one is the, the skill. The other yeah. axis is skill. And it's basically, it's kind of trying to figure out, all right, based on your skill set and the distance that you have to the hole, these are what the analytics say you should or should not do in terms of going for it or laying up. Now, he's given a couple of different scenarios because – the the first one, for example, says, "All right, this is what you have right here. Golfers have, you know, water in front of the green, bunkers left and right and beyond the green." Okay. Mm-hmm. So, when you were at the top of your game and you were better than scratch, so let, let's say you weren't quite, you know, a pro, but you were better than a scratch player. Mm-hmm. How far away would you have to be, given that circumstance? Before you would seriously consider laying up, what, what what's the yardage where all of a sudden that becomes a mm, I got to think about this or maybe I won't do it? Um, when I was hitting it far and was playing my best, I would say, with trouble everywhere. Sometimes I mean I would hit a three wood anywhere between, you know, two forty five and two sixty if I you know jerked one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it and first of all, it all depends on the wind condition. Yes, but if there's if there's no yeah, wind, yeah, given neutral conditions, if I there's think, no for this, wind for and I've got a good lie. I was pretty aggressive. Um, I was pretty aggressive. Uh, I just kind of felt like 
just yeah um but i would say for me if yeah probably right about there like if the lie was marginal from outside of i'd say 225 to where i couldn't get my uh, a five wood on it mm-hmm. uh then i would lay up yeah yeah and, and you know what in his study doesn't totally disagree with you so um in in that circumstance he's saying that the professional player is going for it up up through 240 there, there there's no yeah. situation 240 and in where they're yeah. not going to go for it but i thought yeah. this is where i found it to be interesting according to his study a scratch golfer should only be going for it up to 200 yards as soon as it gets to 220 for a scratch player the the play the analytic play is to lay up from 220 yeah some guys and and that's the thing too it's it's but it's gonna be on a player by player scenario yes like i was a really really good long iron player so that is gonna be different for me than some like i i i hit a lot of of long irons looking back it's like wow that was ballsy and you hit it and you pull it off it's like well fuck yeah let's get it yeah. um but it, it depends like I, I i used to i used to love my four iron yeah Anytime I got up there and it was a clean lie and it was anywhere between 205, 215, I loved it. Oh, see, more golfers need to be like, you, you got that Tom Watson gene where you get up there and you're like, oh, I'm going to fucking hit this motherfucker. Yeah, it, it, was, <laughs> it, was an, it was an opportunity. It wasn't a dilemma. You right. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved my forearm. Yeah, that's, see, that's fantastic. So for, for someone who's really skilled like yourself and, you know, for the pro golfer and the scratch golfer, maybe it's a little different about... For someone like myself, so I'm currently playing to an eight handicap, which, yeah. to be fair, I think is probably pretty accurate. Like when I play a really when I play a really good round of golf, you know, I break eighty occasionally, but I'm usually right around 80, 81, 82 for the majority of my rounds of golf. Mm-hmm. According to this chart, boat, it says that the last, the furthest yardage that I should be going for it, like no questions asked, is 180 yards. Hmm. It says at 200 yards, a player of my skill set is a toss up. Meaning that it is completely feel. So there's three different categories in each of the squares. It's go time, a toss-up, or layup. And for a player who has a handicap around 8 or 9, like I do, you know, their average score is around 80. 180 is a go, 200 is a toss-up, and 220 is a layup, son. Yeah. I I actually don't totally disagree. I mean, given the circumstances they're talking about with water short of the green and trouble all around, that actually makes sense to me. Um, but what, what I found was really interesting is for the golfers that are, you know, maybe more like a 15 handicap. So this, this is what I find to be interesting for someone who shoots 90 on average. So yeah. you're, you're 18 handicap, 140, 160, 180, 200. Th- those, those are everything on that Y axis I was talking about for a player that's shooting an average of 90, which one of those intervals of 20 yards do you think they're telling people to lay up? Uh, shooting 90. Yes. The 160 range? You're right. That, that is, they say that is the last distance where they say go for it. Once you get to 180, it's not even a toss-up. A golfer who's shooting 90 on average, if they do this over and over and over again, their average score will be much lower if they are laying up from 180 yards. Yeah. Now, what's crazy to me is, I mean, do you know a lot of golfers that if they were playing a par 3 that was 180 yards that had water short and bunkers left and right? Even if there are twenty handicaps, they're not going to do folks, it. Yeah, how many of those folks do you think you know are laying up? They would much rather rinse three yeah. in front of their friends <laughs> than lay up to the next tee box. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, but it's so crazy because I, I just find they're it never so really the end of it. No, because I, I find it so interesting because nobody in their right mind would do that. But admittedly, it, and, and I don't no, disagree. Funny. Like it's so funny because 
if you shoot 90, you don't have a strength. And it's like, you can't, that's a weird stat. It's like, no, leave me alone, Steve. I'm just playing to my strengths. <laughs> yeah, hit it up there so you can duff a wedge like you did on the last four holes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or blade it over the green. Uh, that's that's funny. It's wild, man. It's super wild. So uh, let, let's go. He's got three charts total in this, so I'll, I'll try to keep it somewhat, uh, somewhat expedited. But he says, uh, for instance, if you need to make par on a hole in front of you, perhaps to tie your match or you aren't really worried about making a big number, uh, that requires a slightly more aggressive strategy that alters these things. Well, in that case, someone who's shooting 90, in that, in that situation, he doesn't recommend laying up until you get to 200 yards. He says in that situation, up to 180 yards, it's go time. But that, that, that's, again, that's if you are have made the conscious decision that you need to be aggressive. But even in that scenario, if you need to be aggressive, if you're shooting 90 on average and you're 200 yards away, the play is still to lay up, Yeah, which I think is really fascinating man it's yeah. really really wild now the uh the last chart that he did because i'm gonna try to keep, keep this a little bit brief for you both and this one that i thought was very interesting is let's say you are implementing a conservative strategy you are tiger woods on the 18th hole at augusta in 2019 all you have to do is make bogey to win yeah. all all you're trying to do is take double bogey out of play all right mm-hmm. all you're trying to do is take double bogey out of play if you are a professional golfer according to these stats what is the farthest distance that he can say, without any hesitation, go for it? Off the tee? No, no, from the fairway. Under the oh. same circumstance, if you're just trying to not make double bogey and do everything in your power to make bogey or better, he's saying that a professional golfer is only should only absolutely go for it up to 160 yards. That a professional golfer from 180 and 200 still needs to think about it because of just the slight chance that something could go wrong that brings double bogey into play. Analytics say beyond 160 yards, you have to consider laying up if all you're trying to do is make bogey or better. Does that does that seem crazy to you? It's fucking retarded, Kyle. <laughs> I, 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 we were doing so good for so long. I, he, he lost us. I, that That is... I shouldn't use that word. I immediately take back that word. But that is that is just... Dumb. Ooh. Yeah. These guys are so good. Oh, my. Come on. More <laughs> now, than 160. Come on. Now, here's the thing. I think the pro one is a little ridiculous because those guys are so good that it doesn't really matter. And honestly, the scratch one, I think, is is I'm throwing it out, too. However, for someone like me who is shooting 80 on average, he's saying that if all I'm trying to do is not make double, all I'm trying to do is make bogey or better, at 140 yards, go for it. From 160 yards and further... You got to kind of think about it. it. You know, it's not the worst idea in the world to lay up from a buck seventy if all you're trying to do is make bogey. But at 180 and further, the odds say that I need to lay up. Is is that? Is there's that no crazy? Me- there's no mental there's no mental axis here too. No, you know what no, I mean. No, this is it. No, exactly. None of those that guys. A, are, that's a really good point are, to make. None of those guys are teeing off. Going okay. All I need is a five. They are flat out fairway and green mode. Yes. By having to hit it a foot and tap it in for birdie, aw shucks. <laughs> or they're not starting the hole going, okay, all I need is five. I guarantee the caddy's not going, all we need is five here. You can hit a couple bad shots and still make bogey. So that's that, not that's not what Tiger was doing on 18. That is not happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see, that's the thing, man. It's like I, I'm reading all of these numbers, and they actually make a ton of sense to me. Yeah. But I'm too dumb. To actually follow these rules, and I think I'm probably with about 95% of the golfing population on that. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's hard. 
no one has it hardly anyone has a discipline you know what i mean yeah exactly exactly to just i mean it's there's so many things going into it you paid for a green did you really pay a green fee to lay up <laughs> you know what i mean no, no the guys at no laying up uh do not endorse this segment 95 no. of the people playing playing golf the difference between one stroke is that's not they're they're trying to do as good as they can that day they're yes. trying to shoot their their best round ever they're trying to break 90 trying to break 80 mm-hmm. that is where this last one has lost me yep yep it's a little it's a little <laughs> crazy but it is fascinating nonetheless so anybody that wants to actually take a look at this themselves go to golf.com uh look at luke kerr dinnan's uh article and uh yeah i would love to see some of the comments on this article <laughs> i think i don't think golf.com has comments that's really too bad that would be oh. That would be pretty awesome. Maybe we should put this on some sort of a platform where people can comment. It would be. I agree. It looks it look, look like Facebook is going to be getting a link sent their way sometime soon, Mr. Bo. I like it. Um, all right. On that note, man, uh, I unfortunately have some stuff I got to do here shortly. So let's let, let's jump right to tales from the clubhouse. I think. Got to do it. Yeah, you know, as a man who gets to <laughs> see the ins and outs of the muni life. Uh, yeah. I, I am fascinated. This is a segment I am hoping we can get going every single month or every single week, I should say. I, I don't <laughs> think you're ever going to have a shortage of material. So what do uh, what do you got so, in Tales from the Clubhouse this week? Let me paint you a picture here. Uh, Please. You know, a lot of phone calls in the pro shop. A lot of phone calls. And I get one and, um, you know, the uh, the caller ID, I don't recognize the name, don't recognize the number, I don't recognize the voice. But uh, this air quotes gentleman had basically... <laughs> just called to pick a fight with me uh and where he does not agree upon the uh the universal walking rate and riding rate and he goes i got a question for you and i'm like oh this is gonna be good mind you i have like four customers in front of me (laughs) and i'm by myself and he goes so Explain to me how you guys do the the cart rate. And I go, well, we have a you know, we have a green fee, and then if you want uh to take a cart for eighteen holes, it's another sixteen dollars. He goes, Wow, that's expensive. And I go, it's uh the cheapest in the county. <laughs> and um he goes, So let me ask you this. Now, if there's two of us riding in a cart, do we both have to pay that sixteen dollars? And I go, yep, we have a walking rate and a riding rate. And he goes, so basically you're charging us double. And I said, sir, we have a walking rate. But if you wanted to ride in a golf cart, it's another $16. And he goes, that's just, that's just not right. You guys are charging double. We should be able to sit in the cart and one of us, should be able to pay the other person $8. And I said, sir, we have a walking rate and a riding rate. And this is about how it goes at just about every other golf course in the world. (laughs) Well, that doesn't make sense. We should be able to get our own cart. And I said, here's where it does make sense. Uh, The cost of maintenance on the golf carts goes way up if we send out Besides the fact that we only have fifty-five of them, we would have to store one hundred and ten golf carts. Am I am I am I am I understanding your logic? And he goes, 
Well, no, no. Now you're now you're taking it down a different road. Oh, um, I see. Okay. You're taking it down a different road. You guys are just charging double. Oh. And I go, well, you know, like I, I don't I don't see it that way because we have a walking rate and a riding rate, and it's just sixteen dollars more per player if you want to take a golf cart. And uh, he like started in on me, and I go, you know, sir, I've explained this three times, and I've got customers in front of me. I'm gonna I'm gonna very respectfully hang up now. And I just hung up and the lady in line, she goes, that was, that was, that was hard for me to go through. She's like, you did extremely well to not either go off on the guy or hang up 30 seconds in. And I I go, I go, Lauren, I will never get that two minutes and 44 seconds back. (laughs) I, but I I got so many questions. The first one to my head is, what by his logic you say all right well i'll tell you what if that's how you feel this is how it works <laughs> there's a rate to play golf and if you would like to take a cart it is 32 dollars. whether you have one or two people in that cart doesn't matter to me but yeah. it is 32 dollars to take a cart out to play golf yeah. if that if you had res- would he how, i wonder how he would respond to that because that's oh, he would he would he would have he went off on a whole nother the guy was just no matter what i was going to say he was going to disagree with it was whoo this man sounds like a goddamn loon boat. I just had to laugh. I had to laugh. <laughs> I and like the, the uh, second person. The second person line was like, "Finally, that's over." Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Oh, it's you. You get about one of those a couple days a week where you hang up the phone and you're just like, "Did I just get punked?" <laughs> Ashton, <laughs> come out. Is this just you? You get you, occasionally. Occasionally, it's almost too good. To you be get true. Uh, you just get some people that uh, either are looking for a deal or like to argue and are always right. And uh, boy, whew, it's a patience tester. God, that is. And it's like I'm, I'm coming. High school golf season is right around the corner. I, I, I need to save my patience for that. I, I got to tell you, I need to save my patience for that. But I, I don't. I certainly, I certainly do not want to res- disrespect the service men and women of our country, uh, especially given the fact that it was, you know, Veterans Day just not all that long ago. However, yeah. as a golf industry veteran, I salute you for taking those savage bullets so the rest of us don't have to. You are, you are truly, yeah. you are doing God's work, my friend. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna accept that. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> is... I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm... I'm going to put that on the mantle. Yeah, that uh, is. I, I appreciate you saying that. I really do. That is unbelievable. Oh, well, okay. On that note, I, I, I'd i be remiss if I didn't do this. In, in 60 seconds, do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share on this past weekend, uh, Bay Area sports-wise, either from the San Francisco 49ers or the surprising Golden State Warriors, who I believe just got finished getting throttled by about 50 points by the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, That was... Um, so the Warriors were only fourteen point dogs today, Kyle. <laughs> I jumped on that. They hard. <laughs> I was say they did not cover. <laughs> uh they, they they did not cover. Um so I I may have brought it up. We talked about Kyle Shanahan's clock management on the Monday night game. And I'm on Facebook and I was pretty hard on the guy, which I should have been. Yes. Um and people came back at me after this last win. They're like, Oh, see how he didn't play for the tie this time? Stay, stay at home, you armchair quarterback, Monday morning quarterback. And I'm like, 
if you think those scenarios were similar, you are dead wrong. If they think they're similar, I would like to get in contact with them because their weed is obviously much better than mine. I go, those couldn't have been couldn't have been two more opposite situations. So I wanted to just fire off like eight sentences, like almost a full paragraph, but I just responded with a lol. I typed a lol, yeah. you're an idiot, but then deleted yeah. you're an idiot and just and just stuck with lol. <laughs> but it's just uh... you just I just I I didn't have I didn't have it in me. Uh you know, and it it wasn't like a blanket comment. Like he he typed in my name, like he tagged me. Like, what do you think about? The, and I was just like, oh, this guy's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to get put in his place he really wants bad. It. He wants it bad. But I, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not. Oh God, that I, is. I, I went straight dr with that guy. Daryl restriction. Yeah. I just, I, <laughs> I just, I just went lol. I didn't have time for it. Didn't have it in me. Oh God, that is. Yeah, honestly, man, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I thought uh, that those could one is Monday night against the division rival uh, in overtime as time expiring, and one is uh, the Cardinals in regulation with time time to spare. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's oh Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. All right, well, on that Both note, both media. as always, man. I, again, I, I think I've said this five podcasts in a row, but I feel like we're getting really good at this, brother. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. We're, we're good at this. The <laughs> go, go us. Hey, have a great time in Bandon. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. When we, you get back, maybe call and check on me and make sure I survived my tournament. I, I will. I, I mean, I think the, the last uh, you told me was five of 21 teams. Five are... of 21 teams have paid. Just just 10 days out. Oh, that seems pretty normal. Okay. Just 10 days out. Yeah. I don't need to purchase anything beforehand, Kyle. You know what I mean? Sarcastically? Yes. There's yes. nothing I need to purchase beforehand. There are no checks for many thousands of dollars that need to be p- put in p- certain places to make sure this tournament goes. I'm, I'm glad everybody is so Zero. on top of it. <laughs> Zero accounts that need to be leveled up. To all so, of you Daryls listening to this podcast who are playing whoo. in this golf tournament, get it together, all right? Get in your car get tomorrow and together. drop off a check or cash. My goodness. To the point now, I'm willing to go to Venmo like th- or to the bank three times a day to pull out money if you Venmo me. Just, but just let's get the money in the boys' golf account. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Oh, which is great. Um, Boat, as always, man, this has been an absolute pleasure to all of those people out there listening. If you enjoy uh, me and Boat going back and forth, which you know, I mean, even if you enjoy it half as much as we do, that yeah. certainly means that you have you can't be hating this right now. And uh, if you yeah. don't hate it. Do us a solid and go to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. If you can, that would be much appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm not asking too and much. If, and if you see me, I'll take a hug. Yeah. It's, this Thank this you. week is uh, it's stressful. If you see me, I'll take a hug. Go to Bennett Valley Golf Course, and if you do, if you see Boat, free. if you see Boat talking to a gentleman about the intricacies <laughs> of cart fees, make sure you give that man a hug. He, he needs it. Hugs are free. Hugs are free. <laughs> all right, but on that note, thank you so much, brother. As always, really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Okay, buddy. Be good. All right. Adios, man.